What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. Happy New Year, podcast family, and thank you for your patience as I did not release an episode last week. We were in Arizona and I gave myself that one week grace. So I'm so excited to be back with you all and really excited to bring on Esther Blum. She is an integrative dietitian and high performance coach. She maintains a busy private practice and has helped thousands of women permanently lose weight, eliminate the need for medication, lose stubborn belly fat, and reverse chronic illness. Esther is the best-selling author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, Secrets of Gorgeous, and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project. Esther has appeared on Dr. Oz, The Today Show, and Fox News Live. I really enjoyed this conversation with Esther. She is extremely down-to-earth, but full of great insights. We covered why gay women don't get fat, and really some great insights into how nutrition plays into insomnia, and much, much more. I hope you enjoy. All right, super excited to be here with, with Esther Blum today. I stumbled across her work really, it spoke to me. I think I've just been talking to so many people lately about food and nutrition. So that must be a priority that is in my life right now. But I love talking about that because there's such a huge impact from the choices that we make around food. So I'm really excited to have Esther on today. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Claudia. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. So let's start as we always start, which is with the question, what does true wellness mean to you? Wellness to me always means balance. Um, it means, you know, saying no more than you say yes. If it's not a hell no, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Um, it means taking on projects and using your time in a way that is meaningful and resonates with you and is really in alignment with where you want to be and who you want to be with. Uh, it means, you know, taking really amazing care of your body with things that make you happy. So eating really nutrient dense foods, um, or giving yourself times of fasting, um, daily movement, time with people you love and really, um, curating the content that you allow to occupy your mental real estate. I think all of those lead to a lot of balance in life. I think that's fantastic. There's so many podcast titles, <laughs> episode titles in the middle of all that. Not a hell yes. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. I love that. Um, I don't know. I probably won't name it that, but I love that saying just because I want people to know it's about nutrition. But I, I love I love that because I think so often we make decisions based on maybes and, you know, fence sitters and we and and we don't have to do that. That's all very self-imposed decisions that we we make. So thank you for sharing that. All very great insights. Let's just start with, for those who are not familiar with your work, a little bit of your background and the sequence of life events and decisions that led you to the work you do today. So I'm an integrative dietitian, and um, that means that I am a clinically trained dietitian. I spent the first five years of my career in hospitals 
Um, and I have a bachelor's and a master's in clinical nutrition. And then after five years, I went rogue and um, left the hospital and went into functional nutrition because I was very unhappy with the trajectory of my career and saw that seeing people, I worked primarily in the cardiology units, which, oh my gosh, if I was ever a doctor, I would have been a cardiologist because I find cardiology absolutely fascinating. But that being said, um, the nutrition side, you know, there's not a lot of impact I'm going to make on an 85 year old man or woman who has just had a heart attack. Whereas I knew if I could get people preventatively and get them younger, um, and when they really have the time and the drive, uh, to make changes in their life that I would have way more of an impact and it, how I even got into the field, um, you know, I really credit my, my father and mother and my grandfather and grandmother. So let me start with my grandfather. He, um, his name was Harry Blum. He was the tonsil king of Brooklyn, New York. He worked on Al Capone's guys and like some pretty high profile people, but primarily he worked on, um, taking care of children and he did, uh, he took out my tonsils. <laughs> he took out family members tonsils at his, at his 90th birthday. Um, people stood up in the room who'd had their tonsils taken out by Harry and it was a big party and well over half the room stood up. So, um, he trained my mother who, uh, my grandmother, who is a dietitian to be the anesthesiologist. So he put the ether mask she put the ether mask over my face and he took out my tonsils. He had an operating room in his house in Brooklyn, in Flatbush, Brooklyn. So this is all people hear the story and they're like, what? So he did surgery four days a week till he was 80 and practiced medicine um, four days a week till he was 90, wow. five and a half. And then the last 10 years of his life, he painted full time. So, um, he had my father, my father was a very sick child. He had rheumatic fever and spent a year of his life in bed as a t you know, 13 year old boy, uh, not unlike the pandemic we're having now, <laughs> but um, no, but in all seriousness, and my father, you know, he said, my father wanted to be a chemist and he said, please um, go into dermatology. It's just, it's go be a doctor and go into dermatology. It's like, it won't be hard on your heart. You won't kill yourself working on weekends like a surgeon. Um, so my father reluctantly went to medical school and my mother was a nurse and, you know, my grandfather really wanted me to go to medical school. None of my brothers were interested in science, but I was. And so I did, and my dad was like, don't do it. If you don't want to, don't do it. And as, as you know, life had other plans for me clearly, cause I sucked at physics and I hated it. So I knew med school, like wasn't even an option for me, but I did like the science and um, nutrition, undergrad clinical nutrition is a pre-med degree with just slightly less chemistry and no physics. So I was like, sign me up right here, right now. <laughs> so I went into it because I really liked the academic requirements. And it wasn't until later on that I was grateful I had the knowledge to use to heal myself and, um, you know, have changed the trajectory of how I heal my patients as well. So medicine was always around me, you know, and I just, I absolutely loved it. And I loved bonding with my family over medicine. 
Such a cool story. I, I love that. Uh, I mean, I love that at, you know, 95 and a half. I love the little the little details of like yeah. <laughs> the things that matter. That's just so cool. Um, and I, I love that you went rogue after five years. I can certainly relate to going rogue. <laughs> That's kind of the trajectory of my life too. And I also hated physics. So, so many parallels. So fantastic. You know, you, you're usually a chemistry person or a physics person and it's not usually both. So I, I definitely lean towards chemistry, but uh, I love the story. I would love to just get an understanding of integrative dietetics. So what does it mean to be an integrative dietitian? And what does that now look like with your daily work with your clients now? So integrative really means you use principles of functional medicine. I have a CNS certification. That's the certification board for nutrition specialists. Um, I worked for a functional medicine doctor. I, I did when I left the hospital, um, a, a small company you may have heard of called Designs for Health, they actually had a functional medicine um, training program or functional nutrition training program, I should say. And it was amazing because here I had six years of clinical dietetic training, and I never saw any of the studies that I saw in this functional nutrition course. And I was so pissed. I was like, where were these studies in my training? Why? I literally took a course at NYU grad school called Vitamins and Minerals. And I got there so stoked to learn about supplements. And the teacher, the professor was said, all the vitamins and minerals you need are already in your food. And I was like, I cannot believe I'm wasting my time here. Um, in that course per se, I loved NYU as a whole. I thought it was great, but you know, it was, it was very frustrating for me and I was hungry for more knowledge. And, you know, people said to me like, what do you know about supplements? And I said, really very little other than, you know, vitamin C and a B complex. So, um, so I went and got trained. Um, it was a four month program. It was really intense. You had to take exams after and, um, it was taught by the late Robert Crayon and the late Linda Lazat. And at the time, Designs for Health had four products. Now they have like over 300. But they took us through, you know, all the studies, really learning about ancestral diets and healing chronic medical conditions that weren't responding to diet alone in my practice. So I learned how to treat autoimmune conditions. I learned how to treat gut dysfunction. I learned how um, to put antibodies into remission. I learned how to combat chronic inflammation and joint aches and balance hormones and clear up. At the time I was working with PMS and pregnancy. Now I work much more with menopause, but it really gave me a comprehensive understanding of what supplements and, and all the research studies to show how supplements worked in the body, how to use herbs and treatment protocols, how to use specific diet therapy to treat medical conditions that are not um, addressed in conventional medicine. So people come to me, some people have come to me literally like barely able to get out of bed or walk up the steps to my house. They're inflamed. They're on all of these medications that maybe a rheumatologist put them on or a primary care physician. physician. They've gained weight they're achy, they have brain fog, they can't digest their foods, they're bloated all the time, right? And no doctor knows what to do with them except say, okay, here's some medicine, try this. But the antibodies aren't changing, you know, maybe the meds offer some relief from pain, but are still not getting to the root cause of the problem. 
So I do some functional medicine testing. I do what's called the Dutch test. This is a dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And it looks at all 21 of your androgens. If you get um, a blood test, for example, for your hormones, it'll test about three to five hormones. Maybe if you get a, a thyroid panel done, your doctor will usually just test the TSH, the thyroid stimulating hormone. So I look at very comprehensive blood panels, and then I'll look at the Dutch test, which will test seven estrogens, seven progesterone, seven testosterones, and looks at your methylation pathways, how your hormones are moving. Um, are you even detoxing them? Are you even making them? And I also look at uh, neurotransmitters in the brain. I look at morning and metabolized cortisol and DHEA. So I really help people sleep. I help them uh, go on hormone replacement therapy if it's warranted. If it's not, I help them adjust their lifestyle and um, put them on supplements that they need to help balance hormones and stress and sleep and get extra body fat off. Um, and the other test that I use a lot in addition to blood test is a GI map. And that helps me look at uh, someone, if whether or not they have parasites, um, bugs, protozoa, worms, it looks at their uh, leaky gut, it looks at dysbiosis, it looks at autoimmune markers and um, all of that. And the nice thing is the two tests actually talk to each other. So often I will actually do both tests on someone, but between those two tests, I'm able to really restore health in people. I'm able to get, um, and of course a corrective diet. I'm able to get uh, autoimmune um, antibodies zeroed out within six months. I'm able to help people lose weight. I'm able to put joint aches and pains into remission. Um, get people more mobile, get them exercising again, get them digesting their food, clearing out, um, you know, food allergies and bloating and gas or diarrhea, um, helping people digest and absorb their nutrients. So all of my basic training was really uh, a concrete foundation for me to keep delving deeper and deeper into people's health. And the the more I learn, the less I realize I know. <laughs> all I mean, of it. Isn't I'm that the truth? <laughs> That's uh, definitely the truth. There's an endless amount to know, uh, but it definitely sounds like you have learned quite a bit of knowledge, have a lot of wisdom in this field. And I love the work that you do. I'm curious before we move into, into some of the other um, parts of this, what has been the response from the traditional medical system? So these patients who are coming to you, probably coming to you after everything else didn't work and then going back to their doctors or their doctors are seeing this work. Has there been a mix of responses, mostly positive, mostly not belief? What, what's been the response? This is, I think the most challenging area of my field is um, really in regards to hormone replacement therapy. Uh, well, there's two answers to that. So the first is hormone replacement therapy. I literally had a client in tears this morning because I said, you know, you're really not sleeping well on a transdermal progesterone. Why don't you switch it to oral? And that's going to optimize your GABA production and your neurotransmitters. And you're going to sleep so much better. And she burst into tears 
because she said, this is impossible for me to speak up. I went through such a hard time just getting my blood test done. And now you want me to say you're wrong. And I said, no, that's not what I'm saying. But we have 365 days of evidence to see that your transdermal patch has not worked for you in terms of improving sleep. So let's just switch and ask your doctor and say, Hey, can we try this? Because this clearly didn't work. So just alone this week, like I have almost daily conversations with my clients on how to educate their doctors. I send them studies. Um, often my patients end up switching doctors to a functional medicine practitioner during the trajectory because the doctors do not like when I um, offer advice that is evidence-based. Of course, it's based on testing. I don't just randomly go charging in <laughs> and say, you need to be on all these hormones at this exact dose. And it's all evidence-based and doctors do not like it. They say it's their way or the highway. And um, I think that's a very foolish opportunity to serve the patients best. If a doctor came in for me too, and, and said, you know, I don't think we should try it this way. I think we should try it this way. Like I'm open to listening. I may not always agree, but more often than not, doctors do not like my guidance. And then my poor patients are stuck in the position of trying to advocate for themselves when they're not really educated on how to do so. So I try and educate them with research studies and, um, and just get them to go back in a very practical way to their doctor and say, listen, we have tried this and I still feel like garbage. I had another patient who had like, she would be in bed one to two days uh, with a month with PMS, exhausted, horrible. I said, you're so progesterone deficient. Ask your, ask your doctor for progesterone and you also need testosterone. And the doctor refused and told her that she was going to grow a lot of hair on her face when she went on testosterone, which is wildly inaccurate for the dose we put her on. So um, it's a constant battle. Mm. As for like my GI patients who come to me and they say, wow, I, you know, I felt like garbage before and now I'm so much better because I cleared X, Y, and Z from my diet. And now I, and the doctor's like, oh, I'm great. That works for you, but there's no evidence to support it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> except your own. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, but, but here we are and it worked. So mm, I've been in that position too. You know, I, I, I have been in that position too, where I tell my doctor, like, this is what I, you know, there've been times when I've had to go to a conventional doctor. Uh, and I've said, this is what's triggering my problem. No, that doesn't exist okay, well, regardless here, <laughs> you know, and I just, I just ignore it and shake my head. It's very frustrating. It's very, very frustrating to advocate for yourself, but it's you gotta do it because you're the only one who knows your body as well as you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, you know, it kind of brings me to what I usually say, which is, you know, the medical field, the physicians, I think they're well-meaning on a whole, on a large, you know, the culture of medicine has, helped them to think the molded them to think this way. And so there's this knowing from a knowledge standpoint, from a book smart standpoint, from us, what the, what do the studies say? And then there's the patient's deeper knowing of themselves that doesn't come from a textbook that comes from how they feel. And those two can't seem to ever come together in, in an agreement and in a respectful way. And it's really difficult. Um, and, and I, I wish that the culture of medicine would be, molding more in the direction of open-mindedness because 
how amazing if the medical team could be, you know, really grateful that I'm so glad my patient sought out this integrative dietitian who could look at things in a much deeper way than I would ever have time or knowledge to do. And yeah, great. Send me over your recommendations and a brief synopsis of why you think that. And I would love to take a look at that, you know, but that's just not the culture that's promoted in medical school. And um, I mean, even in pharmacy school, we were taught, we, I mean, we role played if somebody comes up to us and asks us for a supplement, here's, here's why we're going to tell them that they shouldn't take it. I mean, just as a blanket rule, it wasn't even like, okay. And so, you know, these things are taught in schools. So it's interesting. It's sad to hear that, but I I kind of expected that answer, which um, just means we still have a whole lot more work to do. So. Yes. And I do have doctors, you know, I do have some colleagues that refer to me who I worked with at the hospital at Beth Israel, New York city, and they do refer me a lot of patients, but, um, you know, it's, it's, in, but so I'm not here to doctor bash, but I, I am just telling you what I see in practice. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and again, yeah. And I say the, the same thing is it's, I don't think it's has anything to do with the people who go into medicine. I think it's just the system and how they're taught and the, you know, you're just taught to, to know it and the other people don't know it. And that, that there's just no, there's no gray area there. It's just very black and white. So, mm-hmm. all right. So let's get into uh, the question of why don't K women get fat. And for those who are listening or wondering why I'm asking that, that's the name of one, one of Esther's books. And so I'm curious as to the synopsis of that. And we, maybe we can inspire a few people to, to read it in its entirety, but, but why, why do we notice that difference with the diet of, of cave women and and our diet now? So, um, cave women don't get fat because they understand their unique carb tolerance. And so, um, I wrote cave women don't get fat. For those of you who don't know, it's a paleo diet book for women. If you look at most, or at least when I wrote the book, Um, most paleo diet books on the market were written by men and really spoke to men. Sarah Fergozo, I thought did a great job writing um, her paleo diet cookbooks, but a lot of the paleo diet research was more for men. And a lot of research in the medical field is for men. Okay. Take intermittent fasting, right? I looked at over 70 studies when I wrote the book and only 13 were done on women. So women are vastly underserved in the medical uh, research arena. So I wrote Cave Women Don't Get Fat to address the hormonal needs of women on a paleo diet. Carbs are one of my favorite things to talk about because they're so vilified and I see more damage done to women on low carb diets where their thyroid and adrenals really shut down long-term. Short-term, I think it's great, but long-term, you've got to add in carbs for women in the right amounts and with the right types of low glycemic carbs. And again, sometimes I use high glycemic carbs with my clients, depending on um, when they're training and how much they're lifting or running. So you really have to light the right metabolic fire at the right times. And so Cave Women Don't Get Fat debunks that and and, um, adds a lot of clarity to that. And it helps people lose weight and it helps them sleep better and it helps balance their hormones by supporting thyroid and adrenal function. So what I do is I have people do a cave women detox for two to four weeks where they're primarily eating fruits and vegetables and protein and fiber and fat. 
And this is actually, it, this was like my first weight loss strategy when I first started out in private practice. Um, and it also worked great for autoimmune conditions too. It was really helping people. Why? Because it's a hunter gatherer. It's, we can't truly mimic a hunter gatherer diet now because we're not hunter gatherer diets. We're actually much richer in organ meats and not muscle meats. Um, but so it's a modern day paleo diet, but I mean, I guarantee you like ketone powder was not <laughs> on the caveman <laughs> diet or cave woman diet. So, um, but it's a modern cave woman diet. And, um, so if you follow that for two to four weeks, you can expect to lose about 10 pounds in the first month of following the diet. And then after that, I have people add in a half a cup per day of a complex starch and do that for seven days and then slowly increase to maybe one cup a day and then one cup and a half a day. So you figure out how many carbs can I eat a day and still lose weight or change my body composition or when I get to my goal, maintain your weight. So when I'm talking about good carbs, I'm talking about paleo carbs and not neo carbs, which are more, you know, Twinkies and bread and chips and all sorts of those kinds of more processed foods. But I'm talking about unprocessed foods, things you'd find in the outer aisle of the grocery store. So uh, white potatoes, sweet potatoes, winter squash, plantains, um, quinoa actually counts as paleo. You will see um, some schools of thought, some more modern schools of thought say white rice is okay now for paleo. Um, legumes, I have people eat only as tolerated. Some of my clients do not tolerate legumes at all and others have no problems with it. So if they tolerate it, I have no problem with it at all, but it's really not, there's no like uh, wheat flour or gluten or grains, barley, rye, oats, wheat, spelt, and kamut. And that really has a very favorable effect on controlling inflammation, uh, you know, getting people more energized, getting their sleep and blood sugar regulates. It's a very nutrient dense diet and you can actually eat less calories and still lose weight and be better nourished when you're eating the good stuff. I love the concept of assessing our own unique tolerance because then it doesn't feel like such a blanket diet that, you know, we can't sustain on our own because we don't feel right doing it. I'm um, sorry. I love the the sort of detox and then adding it back into your tolerance. So I, I really do like that concept. You've mentioned sleep a few times and I'm curious because I'm sleep is such a big part of my life, but I also know that so many of my own clients and advocacy struggle with sleep. So what, what role does nutrition play in insomnia and what are some of the benefits you've seen with some dietary modifications in your own clients and their own sleep? Uh, eating carbs at night can have a tremendously beneficial effect on sleep. And that really goes against, you know, the, um, some of the claims you'll hear out there that eating carbs at night will make you fat. And, <laughs> but you know, what makes you fat is not sleeping and, um, very poor insulin and cortisol management. So if you eat good, a, a bunch of good quality carbs at night, you know, to the tune of a half to one cup, I can easily eat a cup to a cup and a half of carbs at night. Um, you know, the benefits outweigh the downsides and you actually want just a little nice bump of insulin at night. So your cortisol goes down because most people I see 
or many people I see have very high nighttime cortisol and that will really mess with your sleep and your blood sugar. Um, so eating good quality carbs at night, again, potatoes, sweet potatoes, rice, quinoa, anything low glycemic, winter squash, obviously lots of vegetables. Um, you really have to examine your alcohol and caffeine intake. Most people can tolerate, you know, a, a cup, eight ounces of caffeine in the morning and they'll clear it out by nighttime. But it's when you get into the second and third cup, maybe the fourth cup, and you're having it like all day long, that can mess with your sleep for sure. If your liver's not detoxing it, processing it. Um, you also want to think about alcohol. Alcohol helps you fall asleep usually very quickly. And then as your blood sugar uh, drops and your insulin, um, pardon me, as your blood sugar drops, your cortisol comes up and you start to feel extremely wide awake. You'll wake up at like three in the morning as your liver is also trying to detox your alcohol. So it can really actually worsen your sleep um, and make you much more tired. So I feel like just foundationally, if you don't know where to start, but you want to work on your sleep, you should absolutely start with eating more carbs at night. And, uh, you know, I always say protein by day and carbs at night um, and, and, and maybe really cutting back on caffeine and cutting out booze. Those three things alone are really helpful. And then um, you can also get, if you think your, you know, hormones are off, you should absolutely get your progesterone levels checked because oral progesterone at night can fix a lot of wrongs. And um, especially with your sleep, especially in the menopausal years, it can really make a huge difference in the quality of your sleep. And why do I prefer oral? Because it, it just, it tends to raise GABA more than uh, transdermally or an internal suppository. It works much more efficiently. And then of course, there's lifestyle things on sleep, right? Not looking at screens in bed until the time you go to bed, not sleeping with a phone next to your head. Like if you have to have a phone on for emergency purposes, having it, you know, minimum of 10 feet from your head and um, keep it in a, a quiet mode, or, um, dim the lights, but um, having a good nighttime wind down routine, a hot bath with some Epsom salts, um, some good herbal tea, like some chamomile tea, you can brew two to three bags or brew two to three bags of like yogi bedtime tea, taking some calming herbs like passion flower um, and lemon balm, valerian and chamomile, taking some trace minerals like magnesium glycinate, which is specific to address anxiety. Um, all of those can really promote great sleep, of course, deep breathing and meditation. And I feel like if we, Claudia, if we did not have the stress that we had, like we wouldn't need all these vitamins and supplements. We would just close our eyes and go to sleep. <laughs> it's so true. It, the, well, the cave women were, not, were not, not thinking about any of this, right? They didn't have to worry about how far their screens were from their, from their bed. So it's all true. A lot, a lot of this is just uh, the sign of the times that we're at this place, but really great insights and tips and reminders. But I, I also, what I want to point out here is, you know, I, so many people have been taught, have heard, are following the, you know, rule that no carbs after X time, you know, 11 AM or what, whatever the rule is that they heard. And so, you know, I feel like 
you're already debunking that and helping us unlearn. And you've talked about, and I've listened to a few of your other podcasts, uh, strategic ignorance and unlearning. And I think a lot of what you've just mentioned is just highlighting the fact that there are a lot of things that we've heard that we have taken as facts and that maybe to get to the benefit we're looking for, we need to unlearn those. So can you talk a little bit about the mindset around this and strategic ignorance and unlearning? So I have a lot of clients that are really hungry for knowledge and research, but it's very hard to take a lot of that information and apply it to yourself. And so I notice people going down these very dark rabbit holes and saying, what about a detox? You know, these long, endless, expensive rabbit holes. Well, I need a detox. Well, what kind of detox do you think you need? You know, I need to take all these extra supplements. I need this. I need that. The body is innately wise. And I think clogging up your mental real estate with someone else's agenda, who's not personally customizing a plan for you is a mistake because you could be wasting money, you could be wasting time, and you could make the situation worse potentially. So, and not that one person, I certainly do not know all, and I absolutely bring in a functional medicine doctor as often as possible into the care of my clients. But the point is like, don't put, you know, don't, um, physician should not heal thyself. Physician should build a team of badass practitioners and let that, <laughs> let those heal. You, you really want to keep, um, keep your health regime and your healing regime as simple and cost-effective as absolutely possible. And you put one foot in front of the other and it, doesn't matter that your cousin's aunt's sister followed keto and lost 25 pounds. It doesn't matter that your mother followed a low fat diet and lost 20 pounds. It what matters is what works for you. And you have to be a diet detective at the end of the day. I don't have all the answers for you. Your doctor doesn't have all the answers for you because we don't know how you feel you meaning the listener or you, Claudia, or even me, right? You, it's your job to say, I tried this and this is how I felt. Oh, it wasn't so good. So let me try this. And I tried this, but I felt really good. So I know that that really works. It's really your responsibility. You know, any healer is the conduit, but a good healer will really unlock your wisdom around your own body and your own healing potential. And I think that that's the key. And it doesn't matter. You know, I, it's so funny before I started writing books, like I never read other people's books. I thought nutrition books were boring, no disrespect to my colleagues, but I was like, how can anyone just read a diet book and follow it? That's crazy. Like it's a total stranger saying, here's a set of rules you need to apply to yourself. Like that's that's kind of big versus, you know, just going about your business, putting the blinders on and saying, okay, did I start my day? What do I am I eating for breakfast? Well, I have bagels and coffee. Maybe I'm tired. I should probably add in some eggs and maybe kind of phase out the bagels. Let me see how I feel just switching my breakfast in the morning. Okay. Well, I noticed I didn't crash at 3 PM and my sleep is starting to get a little better. All right. Let me take on lunch now, you know, and just step by step, take on one or two things at a time, master those and move on. I think that's really the key is like not internalizing a lot of other people's messages, especially 
if they don't resonate with you. Because the other piece is, you're following a diet that's super restrictive and you get results on it, but you gain the weight back or you can't sustain it. There's really no point. You have to have a really healthy mindset and relationship with food. And to do that means to just get quiet and listening to what your body and your heart is telling you. Mm-hmm. And so much, so much of that is what resonates with me is really, you know, even in pharmacy school, it's like, all we do is try to soak up all the knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge. What else can we know that somebody else can teach me? And I feel like I'm at the point now in life where it's tune all that out and just tune in, you know, we have so much inner wisdom and, but it's not modeled for us. Nobody, you know, we're not going to the, we're not going to the doctor and being taught to meditate or to, you know, to seek internal guidance. So it, it has to, you know, come from somewhere. We have to either get to that point out of frustration or somebody's got to kind of guide us through that. So I love that that's uh, insights that you have shared here. Let's wrap up by having people know more about where they can find you, your books, you online or even work with you if they're inspired to do so. Yes. And I have a special offer for your people, for your wonderful audience. So people can find me. My website is Esther Blum. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-B-L-U-M.com. And I'm on um, Instagram as gorgeous Esther. And for your listeners, I do have a metabolic blueprint breakthrough call. This is a $500 value. Um, I do offer this to, I usually for, uh, every podcast, I have about seven spots open that I leave open in my calendar and really what people take away from this call are three strategic and customized steps to bring you towards your health goals. So if that's weight loss, if that's healing a stomach issue or a chronic health issue or menopause puzzle, um, no matter where you are, you know, this is going to help you walk away with three customized tools. And so if you want to get into this right away, you can go to estherblum.com forward slash call. And this is a 30 minute call. And we can really help you during this time kind of turn around your health struggles. It's a great opportunity to Um, for us to get on a call and we identify and really create a strategic plan for you. And this is just a whole nother level and it's a $500 value. And for seven of your lucky listeners, it will be free. So make sure you're serious and ready about making this shift in your life before you embark on this journey. (laughs) So fantastic and generous of you. I'm so excited for those seven listeners who are going to be able to take an amazing call and all the advantage and uh, learnings that will come from that in such a perfect time in the year and in the transition of, of this year into next, uh, to do this. So I so appreciate that generosity because time, you know, our time is, is everything right. And for you to be giving of that is super generous. So I'm, I'm so grateful to you. I will include that link of course, in the show notes. And I encourage everybody to just go to your website and dig around too, and uh, learn more, you know, get her books. It's I'm such a book reader and, um, and I love that you have, have written such amazing books. I've looked at the reviews. Um, I haven't read all of them, but I have looked at the reviews and they are glowing. And so I, I am looking forward to diving into them and learning more from you. And I appreciate all the work that you do in the world and the goodness that you put out there and all of the help that you are giving to the people who seek out your help. So thank you so much, Esther. Thank you, Claudia. 
Thank you so much to Esther for spending this time with us today. I love these insights and I love her integrative approach that she takes with her clients. I highly encourage you to take advantage of this amazing, generous, offer that she is offering of a 30 minute call just to dive into some steps that you can take. And I highly encourage you to look at her books as well. Just a fantastic person and professional. Thank you again for continuing to mind your wellness with me on this podcast each and every week. And I look forward to seeing you here again next week. I really, really, really hope that if you enjoyed this episode or any previous episode, you will take just a minute to review me honestly on iTunes so others can find us as well. Have a fabulous rest of your week and I'll see you here again next time.